Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is The Mighty Material, episode number 153, and I am Andy Anatko. And I am a mighty mouse named Florence Lyon. <laughs> I really wanted to make a Mighty Mouse reference. Here I come to save the day. And that's really all I know of, of Mighty Mouse. Same. <laughs> and I only know it because of Andy Kaufman, so... <laughs> So sorry, uh, grandchildren I I, of animators who worked really, really hard of the, in, on that. That's really all I know. Ooh, about. <laughs> ooh. how are you, Andy? Oh, hanging in, hanging, <laughs> hanging in, hanging on. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having one of those days where, like, I kind of take. I've got all these things that need to be done, uh, including things that need to be like worked on and maintained in terms of things around, like the the, the technical house. And I'm instead, I'm thinking, what if I reorganize my cookware? Like yeah. the, the clay pots, they, they should be like on a higher shelf, so I don't have to bend down because they're heavy. It's the it's the, the 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 metal cookware that, and that's very much not acknowledging the priority of yeah. But no one's paying you to reorganize your cookware, Andy. It's you get paid to do the typey 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 thing, and that's so. It's it's not good. You and I have a similar process. It seems a similar writing process <laughs> where there's work to be done. But you see, before I can sit down and be creative, I need to work out all those other little energies going around, right? So I got to do some dishes and I got to do some laundry, (laughs) even though I did get yelled at the other day for using things during peak hours. Oops. (laughs) But, you know, it's all part of the process. It's part of the process. We can still get away with that. There's a famous uh, one of uh, Douglas Adams's uh, book editors, and he was famously super heroically late with his books and in a biography, he was recalling the process of working, working with Douglas Adams saying at a time when like they, it was so late that they actually like locked him in a hotel suite, the editor and him to, so that Douglas Adams could write and the editor would keep an eye on him to make sure he was still writing. And he said that he was saying the, the thing the thing with Douglas is that like, and the later it gets like the more prone he is to just like go take a bath instead of writing. So you, you couldn't fault him for personal hygiene during an editorial crisis. You know what? You cannot fault us for our personal hygiene because let me tell you, when deadline looms, the last thing that matters is how clean your hair is. I'm just saying. And you know what? The, if if I if I need to make a pan of lemon lush, I've got that glass Pyrex like square rounded dish right where it needs to be. Don't have to first order retrievability. I don't even have to take other pans out from it. Precisely. But. So uh, I want to start with it. We're going to be talking a bit about <laughs> the the other problem we have with Google Home and trying. Well, we have new voices to choose. But uh, before we get to the, another another thing about Google Assistant, uh, last week uh, I was saying about how gosh, Andy, he's such a brilliant uh, futurist, saying wouldn't it be great if Google Assistant, when it's doing Google Music, could play you music based on like your description of what the album cover looked like? Because I don't remember what like the, the Police album where. It's like LED faces on a black background looks like. And someone uh, actually got in touch and says, actually, if you do say, hey, Guillermo, play that album by the police. That's a black album with LEDs on the front. It will probably give you the right album. It doesn't, hmm. doesn't work for all albums because I, t- <laughs> I have to admit that I it turned into like a, like a, a party word game where you're trying to say, okay. Uh, it's a street, and there are people walking on the street, but they're all wearing the same clothes, and there's a car in the background. And you, you can't, you, you can make them say Abbey Road without saying, and it's on the street, Abbey Road. And so uh, it's, I, 
if if uh, artificial intelligence does like rebel, it's going to be because we spent too much time making them screw around. It's like you yeah, know, the like I am called right now. Abbey Road. Just say Abbey Road. Gee, who's the fat? So let's see. Play album by Britney Spears with her in a swing. Mm-hmm. It's like the only thing I can remember right now at this. Oh. Oh, no, that wasn't the right album. Hey, Guillermo, play that album where the cover is a, a baby swimming in a swimming pool. Playing the album, never mind, on Google Play Music. Awesome. Yep. Which is kind of like the coolest thing ever, and I wonder why they don't use that. I, I'm telling you, see, at, 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 you see, at Google I/O, they decided to impress everybody by saying, "Oh, by the way, we now have uh, what what sounds like a completely convincing human voice, artificial intelligence that can trick hair salons into not knowing it's." They could have just said, "If you could just like remember what the album looked like and describe it, it'll probably figure out what you wanted if the if the album is kind of famous enough." That that's pretty darn cool. That is cool, but it didn't work for my Britney Spears. And then I realized the reason it didn't work is because she's on every album cover. So me <laughs> saying it's a picture of Britney. Also, I'm sorry. I have to just play up my millennialism here for a second and admit that I don't think I know many album covers in the last ten years. That's a, that's a good point. That might that might be a breaking point between the generations. Like, how, how do you recognize albums outside if you don't know the titles anymore? I don't. I just listen to them. I have to listen to recognize what album it's from. Hmm. But well, yes, you could again. Google Google is well positioned to again use its deep learning and its deep learning of you to say, you know, hey Guillermo. Play that album that I seem to be listening to like a lot uh, back yes. when like Dave was really pissing me off and I was this close to killing him. But uh, instead, I decided to simply undermine him at work and get him fired. <laughs> oh, playing. See, you said Dave. <laughs> that was the name of my high school sweetheart. So I thought somehow, Andy, that you just knew. <laughs> my past. Uh, no, but actually, that's a really good point. I wish that I could do that sometimes, that I could just give a mood that I'm in and I just need Google to figure it out. Like sometimes I, I want to clean the house and I don't know what the heck to listen to when I'm cleaning the house. I don't want to listen to a podcast because sometimes I don't, you know, I don't want to be in another person's space, you know, yeah. like a podcast would do. I want to be in my own space, which <laughs> is why I listen to music, right? Uh, but then I don't know like what I'm into, you know, and you can't just put on any random shuffle. Uh, I don't know. You can only clean the house of Celine Dion so many times before <laughs> like the assistant needs to just learn that that is what I like to listen to. Oh, and that Celine Dion album that I like to listen to while cleaning. I do know what the album looks like. It's the falling into you. The album cover. <laughs> I think it was like her big album here in the States. Anyway, she's on it with short hair. So there you go. Well, I get, see now. Now I have to do the thing that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are doing in anticipation of tweeting or emailing us. So, <clears throat> hey Guillermo, play some music that's appropriate for cleaning the house. All right, that's what I'm looking for, Mister Dupree's remix, clean beat, Missy Elliott and Jermaine Dupree by Dot Brat, playing on Google Play Music. This could be anything. Hip-hop. 
Wir jetzt im Hip-Hop. Okay, I, I, I see this. I can see myself sweeping to this. Hey, Guillermo, add this to my library. Hey, Guillermo, stop. Well, okay. uh, I'm going to try that this weekend when I finally clear out my closet. Uh. This is, yeah, this is, see, th this is why I feel as though I made the right choice when I decided to, to I decided to switch over entirely to, to Google Home instead of uh, Alexa. Love yes. you, Alexa. Thank you for your prayer's work, but I'm sorry. <laughs> And just like that, the door is shut. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have, have you, I haven't, have you switched to any of the new voices? Because now the new voices for yes. the assistant are online. Okay, so here we go. So I went digging into that feature today because I actually had to go fix. So remember, I came home from Google I.O. with another Google Home Mini, which thank you, Google, because my husband put it in his office, in his room. We just call it his room, but he called it the office. Uh, what did he call it? The office speaker or something like that? Anyway, I had to go in there and fix it today. So I went in there and I decided that I would also change the voice Uh, so that when he comes home tonight, he will hear that we have a different voice and probably be freaked out because it is kind of freaky to have had this uh, this robotic voice in your house for what, like over almost two a year and a half right now and to just have it change. Now, I just want to note that I did stick to a female voice, but I'm trying to remember where the heck it is. Okay, so friends go into your Google Home app and then go into preferences under the settings, under more settings, and then tap on assistant voice. And that's where you can preview the different assistant voices, uh, which is nice and helpful. And I'm going to preview one right now. Hi, I'm your Google assistant here to help you throughout your day. And now you can choose from different voices for me to speak with. Hi, Hi I'm your Google assistant here to help help you throughout your day. And, and now you can choose from different voices for me to speak with. <laughs> Hi, I'm your Google Assistant, I here to help you throughout your day. this one. And now you can choose from different voices for me to speak with. That's nice. That's Yeah, that's the one that I chose uh, to use. There's no John Legend yet. Sorry. <laughs> he also uh, just had a baby, so he's on paternity leave, everyone. Please <laughs> let John Legend be alone at this time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. We'll see how it is. I feel like if ever like both pilots on a commercial airliner became really, really sick and I was forced to like land the plane and like someone from the FAA was like talking me through it on the headset, that's the kind of voice I would like to hear. I agree. I agree, actually. That's kind of why I chose it. It sounded like, okay, I'm going to be quite honest. It was very difficult to choose a voice assistant today. Granted, I should have been writing and editing, but I decided that I would use some time to choose a new voice assistant. And uh, and I really didn't know I, I really didn't know what to go with. I chose a female because the last voice that we had was female, and I guess I don't want to like stray too far from the norm because I tried to put on that British male voice and it was a little <laughs> weird. I couldn't. I was like, no, this isn't this isn't what I'm used to. So I had to go back to the regular voice, but I don't know. Anybody who has a Google Home out there should go change the voice for a little bit, see how they feel, and then let us know. Because I think I think you'll find that 
maybe there's, you know, there's a real connection between you and that voice assistant that you once yeah. had, Absolutely. <laughs> you it, know, it, it is weird. Like this is one of the, uh, again, as someone, as someone who lives alone, like uh, usually the first voice I interact with is whatever that default voice is in Google home. Uh, just asking, you know, do I need a, Do I need a jacket today? Or what is when, when's my first appointment today? Uh, and, th- and then I move on to actual, you know, meat wear humans but again the first and so it'd be kind of weird particularly because during that first 45 minutes my software my mental software is still like booting up it's still coming online and so i i I haven't gone through all the voices yet i feel uh, intellectually that i would i would like a voice that reminds me of one of my parents without actually sounding like one of my parents because it would have the Mm. same i'm here to help you isn't it nice? And yes, you should wear a jacket today, but I don't want to actually, <laughs> I don't, that because that would be weird, but w- w- wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice if like, uh, maybe they can, Google- I think that's the plot line from actually, yeah. sorry, no, no spoilers, no spoilers. It's like a Skinner, it's like a, it's like a Skinner box. It's like, are you, we're, we're now attaching ourselves to like our, our wire mothers <laughs> because they give us love. They give us music. They tell us what to play while we're cleaning the house. It's wonderful. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice, like if within five years, if Google could, like there is, there aren't six voices that every time you like create a new, like uh, uh, you, every time you have a new data set, meaning that you sign up with Google and now you've got a new Google assistant. So this is the assistant you're going to use on all your Google devices. It basically creates a brand new synthetic voice. It just semi-randomizes a whole bunch of variables. And so in a room full of people, you could just just like you know, a baby elephant can can recognize his mother's like honks and 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 crumpets. It's like there's something about that assistant's voice and knows that no no no, it's you who has to has to has to know that there's traffic and you might not make your dental appointment, dear, unless you start leaving right about now. You know, I can I do that on Google? I don't think I can do that yet. Have Google Home. I mean, you can have the phone ping you. Anyway, I'm going to look into that. But uh, yeah, eight voices. Eight voices now. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, we fight another thing. I, I can't believe, I, I think that you're as excited as I am that Carrot Weather is that the iOS weather app with a really snotty and obnoxious like weather person weather. who doesn't. The sun is shining. What a time to be emotionally dead inside. This is <laughs> not helpful at all. She, she's not helpful. <laughs> but this app is so nice. So I, by the way, I never used it when it was on iOS. I actually found out about it because Lifehacker posted about it yesterday. <laughs> it came up in my feed. And uh, and then I found out that actually it gets its data from Dark Sky, which is my favorite weather app on Android, which I pay $3 a year for. Uh, it's some of the most accurate, like to the hour weather I've ever I've ever experienced. I mean, and I like the interface of that app too. This one is fun though, which and I totally think it's worth like the $4 that I spent to use it for the year because every time I fire it up it says something crazy. I think it has like over 6,000 different uh sayings that come up and you can go into the settings and change um you can change things like how political the voice is <laughs> and what the personality is like. You have a choice between friendly, snarky, homicidal, which is the one that I have, uh, and overkill, which includes profanity, but which I have kept off because you know I'm trying I'm trying to keep it for the families here. <laughs> I, gu- I guess some people just 
I just some people just they want to be dominated by at least in this one area by a piece of software saying I've, I've been I've been really naughty today magic weather voice I'm I went out without a hat on today even though you told me that it was really really going to be cold tomorrow's weather is 31 degrees with rain but you'll probably go out in your underpants because you're stupid aren't you yes i'm very stupid how stupid am I going to be with Tuesday's weather? Tuesday's weather is going to be sunny and 52 degrees. Try to remember to put your socks on before your shoes, you idiot. All right, magic voice. I just checked the weather on this thing. It says it's going to be 92 degrees this weekend. Anyway, I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see how much it curses when I launch it on that day. <laughs> Yeah, I I get I, I like the I like the fact that someone designed an app that to be that idiosyncratic, to be that funny and that interesting. I'm just saying that again in the first 30 minutes of my day when I'm v- emotionally I'm very vulnerable because a lot of my higher level software that basically they, a lot of the, the my mental software that allows me to hear someone say something mean and nasty and say what the hell is that person's problem? Jeez, some, was was this person like raised inside a box or something? At, but at, at 15 minutes after I've woken up, it's like, hey, my feet are this cold. I just want box. You're you're. Has it ever occurred to you? That, have you ever met someone's like, did, like at two years old, they just put them in a box with a hole that they could like put <laughs> drops water and spaghetti in, and occasional inoculations. And then, Spaghetti. like, when they were 13, they just dropped a drill bit in there and let them – at, at some year in your life, you're going to figure out to twist the drill bit and basically make holes and bust your way out of there. It's not up to us. We we gave you the water. We gave you the inoculations. We gave you the drill bit. We're out. Sometimes I just uh, – rarely, fortunately, but it's like, yeah, you – didn't you weren't loved a lot <laughs> you weren't you did you didn't have a lot of positive interactions with humanity you were just there was it's well and for that andy this is why google's introduced uh introduced pretty please which is coming out soon yes. to the assistant <laughs> to help teach those of us who have lived in boxes our entire lives how to be <laughs> the rest of humanity and uh soon our robot overlords <laughs> It should get more sophisticated as we go by. Like, you know, if it, what if what if you're like a, a middle child? <laughs> you say, you know, hey, hey Guillermo, do I need a jacket? And it won't tell you until it's also like the Google assistant of your oldest sister gets told first, and then like your second oldest, and then it comes down. To, no, it skips over to you because the youngest and the cutest kid then gets told the weather, and then they forget all about you because you're the middle child. It reinforces every single prejudice you had about, you know, how you were never, never, never treated well enough as a child, which will make you feel good in the long run as an adult. I see a headline in your future. Google therapy, the new app for getting through everything. Okay, I don't know. See, I'm, 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 pro- I'm proving a point that, uh, again, after that, especially after, after Yasmin got hired by Google, every single show pretty much after that is me like auditioning for headhunters to say, you know what? That's the person who could turn Google around from, you know, they've, they've recently been surpassed by, by Microsoft. They're no longer the number, number two behind Apple and now number three. I could get them behind Yahoo, you know, or, you know, if we could just, if we're gonna, if we're gonna nosedive this thing, Oof. you know, let's let's not let's not screw around with this. Oh, we're up a little, we're down. Let's just 
I'm just auger it right in. I have the insight and the knowledge and the experience to really just plow a field with the nose cone of this wonderful spaceship once known as Google. Call me. Wow. Wow. Uh, is this a good time for me to drop a plug? Yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of me, we weren't talking about me, but now we are going to. How glorious for me. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little more humble than that, I like to think. But anyway, in all seriousness, <laughs> we talk a lot about the assistant on this show because it is a big part of Google. And um, I'm going to be doing 12 weeks of know-how on the Twit Network with Megan Maroney talking about smart home things. So I kind of just wanted to leave that little plug here. Starting July 5th, I'm going to be doing weekly episodes with Megan Maroney about life in the smart home. She's going to be covering, helping me cover uh, a lot of the Apple side of things because I have no knowledge or foot in that whatsoever uh, because I'm fully here into the Google side of things. And then together we're going to converge and find common ground Alexa. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and also... You know, it's it's just going to be an interesting um, an interesting story of what life is like with all these darn digital assistants in your house and all these things that connect to it. Basically, <laughs> that's great. That's great news because you you and Megan are two of my favorite podcasters. Uh, I'm glad well, that I'm, gl- I'm glad that I get to hear you live, uh, like once a week in our in our show. And also, this this does seem to be like you you have unusual insights and things to say about this sort of stuff. Is, is there any reason? Is, so it's a limited series. You're doing it for 12 weeks and out, or is it? Just- we're doing a season. Ah, oh, so that's, we're that's doing, the way it does it. Yeah, we're doing a season. So and then by the be- end, you're going to figure out if the person who was convicted of killing Google Home actually was. But they put the right person in. No, oh, precisely, be precisely. Uh, I'm very excited. We had our first little meeting yesterday, <laughs> so it was really, it was really, it's really good. But it's also, I'm just looking forward to unlocking some new stuff that I can do here because I, I feel like I've sort of hit a wall with it. Like I just went out to Best Buy and I bought all these things and, you know, I, I booked a bunch of work around it to kind of give me an opportunity to play with it. And now I've just sort of gotten everything set up and I'm like, okay, well, what's next? So I'm trying to figure out what's next. I figure out what's next because that's my job. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to figure out what's next if you do not feel comfortable with it, because that's why I'm here to figure out <laughs> what, what makes you comfortable and what doesn't, I guess. So through my experience, you can figure out what is uh, something like that. I'm I'm your guinea pig. Just put it that way. I am the smart home guinea pig. No, we we are again as as tech people. It is our job to freeze to death, looking for that safe passageway through the mountains or through waterway through the through the Great Lakes that doesn't exist anywhere near we think it is, and then. The next generation says, okay, we never heard back from Andy, so we're not going the he, – he told us which way he was going. We're not going that way. And so that by four or five more generations of that, when they're like a series of like Howard Johnsons and Holiday Inns and Chipotles you know, and Red Roof Inns, that's when you jump in. So, Wow. You just uh, – that's I'm so glad I'm a in this day and age. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm on Twitter. I'm fine. <laughs> it's okay. Proof I'm okay. <laughs> Oh. Uh, shall we? Shall we jump into? Uh, shall we jump into an ad? I think we shall. 
This episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom. If your website was down right now, if visitors couldn't access your content or couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? You wouldn't until it was too late. And that's why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. And if you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. So start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. That's two weeks of a free trial, no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material, that's the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. That's material, like this podcast. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and the Relay FM network. Well, we got some, <laughs> now this is, uh, we're, we're, we're going to cover this briefly because it, tur- it turns out that building, uh, contributing to possibly deadly autonomous weapons for the military, bit of a hot button topic inside Google <laughs> No kidding. and people outside Google have a lot to say about it as well. So, uh, if we had a little bit more money in the budget, I think we would have to have like theme music, bouncy theme music to introduce, <laughs> you know, uh, artificial intelligence and contract with <laughs> the Pentagon. Uh, But there was some news this week that was kind of cool in which uh, New York Times has a great article that we're going to link to, and I really recommend you you read it. Uh, It's called How a Pentagon Contract Became an Identity Crisis for Google. And it really is all about how uh, Google is a company that likes to talk with each other about why it's doing what it's doing. There's always been very, very active lines of discussion not just phony baloney. Hey, no, we, you know, the CEO's email address is right there. You can email him at, or her at any time. It's like, no, there are message boards in which there's always active conversations. And we've been talking before about how a few about thousands of uh, Googlers were signing a petition and a bunch of like really kind of important AI researchers had quit uh, when the, because uh, Google was uh, working with the Department of Defense on adding AI features to certain, there are certain drone programs that they've got going. Uh, but it has re- the conversation within Google is really, really ongoing. And that's what this uh, article talks about. Um, the uh, there was a uh, uh, Sundar Pichai uh, said that Google wanted to come up with to to, uh, to uh, Googlers saying that they that the company wants to come up with guidelines that quote stood the test of time unquote. And this is according to employees, uh, and that employees now expect these principles of again here are here is the ethical guidance about how we intend to use AI, what is okay for us to work on and what is not okay for us to work on. Uh, And uh, it also talks about how internally there was a lot of discussion once this contract was, uh, was won uh, between uh, there, there is a like chief marketing officer for like defense and intelligence. Uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, uh, a uh, and I didn't know that there's possible to be. I'm in charge of selling artificial intelligence. That that shows you how big this market is going to be. Mm-hmm. Saying that okay, and there, there's immediate guidance with the with marketing saying how should we present this to the outside world. 
and everybody sort of understood that this is a super super hot button topic uh and this the the ultimate thing was like let's just talk about how this is a really impressive demonstration of how good our technology is given that we are an artificial intelligence company uh but the, but there's a lot of really really great quotes from it uh, Sergey Brin uh, said that he understood the, uh, according to a couple of Google employees uh, then that the New York Times talked to, uh, Bryn said that he understood the controversy and had discussed the matter extensively with Mr. Page and Mr. Pichai. However, and I'm quoting the article here, he said he thought it was better for peace if the world's militaries were intertwined with international organizations like Google rather than working solely with nationalistic defense contractors. Um, and also uh, Jeff Dean, one of Google's uh, longest, again saying here, longest serving and most revered employees who now oversees all AI work at the company, said at a conference for developers this month, I'm assuming they're talking about Google I.O., that he had signed a letter opposing the use of so-called machine learning for autonomous weapons, which would identify targets and fire without a human pulling the trigger. So uh, we're, we're not going to get into the... Oh, go ahead. We just had an earthquake. Oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw my monitor shaking really violently. Sorry about that. How okay? How do people deal with that? I think I think it was or a really big truck just passed by. Okay. Woo! Sorry about that. No, no. That's again, again. If if I lived in an earthquake zone, I would be willing to. Ah. My heart just started racing. Real, yeah. I have a bit of a I have a defense mechanism in there where I get really uh, freaked out. This would be sorry. one of those things that keeps you alive. So yes. Hurry for defense mechanisms. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. I don't think any. I think it was just a truck. Okay, sorry. Okay. Continue. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. Well, that's a, a, again. We we're not going to have like a, a thirty minute uh, discussion about the ethics of artificial intelligence as becomes more important. But it is really it really is cool to read this article and see how much discussion is happening inside uh, because every company kind of has to decide these sort of things. Uh, because are, are, what do you what are you willing to work on? What are you not willing to work on? At what point are you artificial intelligence? A lot of people, if they don't enter this market, other companies are going to enter this market and might wind up kicking their butts. So it's not a small thing that they're talking about. Uh, so really, we we tend to think of these companies as like faceless, soulless organizations. But then it is as an institution, uh, Google has no soul, but they're. Comp they're composed of tens of thousands of people that feel a responsibility for the stuff they do. And it's good to know that, number one, that there is some kind of an open, ongoing channel for employees to say, hey, I don't think it's cool that we're doing this. Uh, and that there is two-way communication between the leadership that's saying, I, <laughs> isn't it adorable that you think that you that this is something that we can discuss? Ha ha, go, go <laughs> enjoy your propeller beanie. Uh, but the the fact that this is something that they have to really discuss and have to actually say, here's what we believe in, here's what we don't believe in. So hopefully we'll see this actually come public in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully. Hopefully. It might be classified. <laughs> it might. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm, by the way, I'm, I apologize. I totally, I think we did have a little earthquake. Yeah. There's a couple of people tweeting right now about a little earthquake. So that was an earthquake. I didn't just make it up. <laughs> Uh, but now coming back down from that, I want to leave that on there for the podcast for future <laughs> for future generations. Uh, when the earthquake happened on the material podcast, but I think it's it's just interesting that an earthquake happened while you're having a discussion <laughs> because of how because I think in a way that this is sort of uh, 
shattered. I don't want to say shatter. It hasn't shattered anything, but it, it really has become a topic in the tech press that we've been talking a lot uh, amongst us, I think, um, because it's a very fiery time uh, here and our in our great country. And I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the stuff is, yeah, it's just going to be the hot button topic that we're going to be talking about going on forward. Yeah. I, I think there's AI has become a really intrinsic part of our lives. It's such a big part. We were just talking about all these fun ways that you can like customize it in your home. And, you know, this is just a small, small <laughs> bit of it. Yeah. Uh, well, so let's, let's turn to more, more important things. Uh, and less shaky. And less, well, well okay, we're, we're going to be talking about Essential in the Essential phone, so maybe not necessarily oh. <laughs> less shaky, but still relevant. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good news, bad news, good news coming around last week, uh, the past week, about uh, Essential and the Essential phone. Uh, the bad news is that Essential has uh, canceled the development of their next model phone. Uh, and, uh, and this was, uh, I think, Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg uh, and a, another writer had this story. Uh, and Andy Rubin, the head of uh, Essential, confirmed it via Twitter and said that, quote, we always have multiple products in development at the same time. And we embrace canceling some in favor of the ones we think will be bigger hits. May I say parenthetically that they're a phone company and they have said that we think that maybe making phones is not our big deal. That's not the big thing. Maybe we need to, you know, those slap bracelets they used to have in the nineties where they're like, they're like, like metal. And then they're like neon. Then you slap it on your wrist and it makes a bracelet. We got some, I'm just, I'm just wondering why the, another, a next generation phone after the first generation is not on their top radar. Okay. But anyway, uh, we embrace canceling some in favor of the ones we think will be bigger hits. We are putting all of our efforts towards our future game changing products, which include mobile and home products. Uh, and so this led to uh, another user say, yeah, but what about this phone that I bought that I was hoping that it would get the next version of Android like you said it would? And uh, Essentials Twitter feed has reaffirmed to that person, to the public, that, nope, you're still going to get, uh, no matter what happens, you're getting two years of software updates and three years of security updates. So essentially for the practical life of whatever Essential phone you bought may have bought at whatever price you may have bought it at over the past year, uh, it's still going to be good. Uh, the Bloomberg piece says that Ruben is actually considering selling Essential. I'm quoting again. The startup has hired Credit Suisse Group AG to advise on a potential sale and has received interest from at least one suitor. The people said Essential is now actively shopping itself to potential suitors. One of the people said I probably didn't have to cut and paste that one. Uh, but basically that they're considering uh, selling the entire company, including its patents, including its hardware uh, and its upcoming smart home device and a camera attachment for the phone that uh, the engineering talent would come along and maybe even the executive board would come to it, which would be kind of funny if Google were to buy it and were to bring Andy Rubin, <laughs> basically buy him back. I don't know about that. So it's not as though this is def they're going underground. They're definitely trying to figure out how to continue to do stuff that doesn't involve, again, some sort of auction of office furniture. But I'm thinking about so first of all, didn't that happen to Rick Osterloh, former I mean, he yeah. was the VP of Motorola and then like he left and then came back and now is like the head of hardware, basically at Google. Um so it would be no surprise if this happened to Andy Rubin. Also, the reason I say that is because he's working down there in Silicon Valley and near Google, and I have I mean, I'm sure 
he sees he's got to be seeing these people for lunch. I mean, I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's on the books for him. Um, and and I also kind of feel like would that be so bad if Essential got rolled up into Google and then it became like they became the premium hardware, you know, makers or something? I don't know. Mm. I, I mean, this is completely off of my own. Like Flo doesn't Flo pretends like she doesn't really understand how companies work, but. If it were in my own idealism, it would be, you you know, they already got an HCC. Now they want to take all take the people back, essentially, from Essential. <laughs> <laughs> they bring them back in uh, and then, you know, roll that up into one beautiful product lineup or something. I don't know. Uh, but I really, I mean, Essential is not going to be able to be a company that really stands on its own without some sort of other backing. It can't. I feel like the age of the scrappy startup uh, just doesn't work like it did maybe 10 years ago even because now tech is ruled by by these, you know, by a several few <laughs> have most of the market share up there. And so those are the companies that you want to sort of align with. So I would imagine if Essential wanted to really get out on its own, it would need at least some sort of bigger carrier backing than it had with like Sprint, for instance. Because as big as Sprint is, it's not Verizon or AT&T for that matter. Um, but I mean, do we really need more Android phones with yeah. different names when we've got the Pixel and Samsung? Yeah, it's and and OnePlus, which is now Motorola, kind of like the yeah. enthusiasts and Motorola, and actually, by the way, Nokia has been doing really well with its yeah. super super low end hardware overseas. So there are, I think, out in in the rest of the world, there is some different brand loyalty going on. But I think here in the United States market, uh, Essential has a lot to compete with. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, if 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 they had half a snowball's chance in hell of selling a premium smartphone, like a, a flagship phone, a couple of, two or three years ago, as soon as Google said, hey, guess what? We have our own premium smartphone now that okay, will compete with absolutely anything else out there. I don't think that Essential or any other startup is going to have the marketing budget of Google. I'm not, that's a, you've you've certainly set out a challenge for yourself. Good for you. That one's reach should, should always exceed one's grasp but it that's why you wind up saying hey look we've got a whole smooth we're moving we're transitioning from a phone company to a bluetooth speaker company i don't that i don't know if that's what they're doing but it's like yeah it's 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 motorola has found a niche to say we will sell you the uh, absolutely and i'm not being sarcastic here kick ass 200 300 phone mm-hmm. uh one one plus has i i thought they were always very very nice i thought they were kind of middling but they keep coming up with really, really nice phones that are. Yeah. If you got a, if you got a little bit more than a budget phone, but you still can't justify seven or eight hundred bucks, let alone a thousand bucks, it's hard to find a niche so to much money. to grab in. Yeah. The Pixel. The I'm just thinking about the Pixel Two XL because I was looking at the prices today. It's so much money to buy a brand new flagship phone. It's between eight hundred and a thousand dollars. If you want more than sixty four gigs. And granted, it's supposed to be like your everything phone. But yeah, the Essential phone, I think, has a lot of work ahead of it for it to really... And plus, it's going to take a couple of years. OnePlus didn't come out of the... It didn't come running out of the gate. It definitely stumbled, first because of some very questionable marketing tactics, (laughs) which we're going to forever bring up because they were bad and 
kind of sexist uh, <laughs> in the beginning, uh, which, but now, you know, they make great phones and they're fine. So it just goes to show that there are very many different iterations to a company, but I'm not worried personally. I'm not worried about Andy Rubin or the people that are hired under him because I feel like he's the kind of Silicon Valley leader that would, um, he seems to, I don't know. I'm going completely off of my own conjecture. This is just like whatever Flo knows from what she's read over the years. But I feel like he's the kind of, um, the kind of manager who just kind of swoops everybody up and is like, all right, well, you're going to have to take all of us because there are a lot of people who went over there, I would assume, under the guise of this is a really big dream. You know, this is this yeah. is like something that could have a really big, big impact, but could also not. Because the thing is, there are only so many Android enthusiasts out there with money. And after a certain time, you can only you can only rely so much on those enthusiasts, not to mention they are fans of other brands yeah. already. So and you, you can't compete with what Xiaomi's millions of people <laughs> overseas, or billions of people overseas have got going on. Yeah. So it's it's hard. I mean, there's the the spec, the, the shadow of Steve Jobs looms large. That everybody now now you have a now you have generations of engineers who grew up learning that legend, that uh, and so when you when you are invited by Motorola, a company known for old timey forty five RPM jukeboxes and other stuff as well, but that's you know it's still got the Ola suffix that's not exactly hip and now uh, saying. You're, guess guess what? We're, you're, we're, we need we need your engineering expertise to build a very practical phone for people who don't get terribly excited about uh, technology, but their market is being underserved. So we're trying to we, we want to figure we want you to help us figure out how to make a phone that would have been the bee's knees in 2016, but sell it at a really really afford. That's as opposed to Susan. I'm so grateful to you that you took this meeting with me. I didn't think you'd accept because I'm trying to find the best people to finally shake up the phone industry. I mean, we, Susan, I've seen your design work. I know that you're just as frustrated as I am with the rounded corners everywhere and the, the chins and the bezels and the, and the, and the, the, I think that we can finally build a phone that makes sense for 2018. I think that you're the person that's the person who says it. Okay, $280,000 a year job, fully vested 401k. Goodbye. I'm going to change the world. Just like like you can't work for Steve Jobs, but if someone can basically wear that same perfume and sort of waft it towards you and you're young enough and ambitious enough, that's a that, everybody wants to work on something that they absolutely believe in even if the market is not there for the market is not entertaining applications for reinvention at this time. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think also anybody has anything to worry about the essential phone uh, <laughs> regarding a software updates yeah. because these people know their market. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's still a, and it's still a really cool phone, and you it know, is. And if it, it's really if, pretty. If it, you know, if it took another price drop, I might even consider picking one up, but it would have to be a really good price drop because I'm uh, I'm more excited about the. Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL. Are you, are okay, you excited about Okay, let's talk about, about it. So I, I'm going to get whatever phone comes out because I just do that. I just trade up and, and just live that life. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, 
I have so many friends who enjoy that with the iPhone and I used to be like, oh, why would you do that? That's like, but you know what? I've, I've come full circle. I'm there with you and I totally get it now. So there you have it. Google did that to me. And I think in that same vein, that's why you and I are both excited about the Pixel 3, whatever is being said about it. Because even though some of these rumors can be taken with a massive, massive grain, <laughs> the littlest grain of salt, uh, you know, it's exciting to think about what could be next. So I guess the big thing that was going around the last week or so has been this Pixel 3 XL mock-up yeah. thingy-majig. So, so uh, uh, some uh, photos have leaked from some sort of production line <laughs> Uh, showing like the this the screen protector of what's purportedly the Pixel Three XL, and that's like the the front piece of glass, uh, which is okay, great. So you know, so you know how it's, it's going to be a phone that's roughly the size of of a phone. <gasps> oh my god! Uh, but <laughs> uh, but but the cool thing is that it has like the, the 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 black like bezel mask to show you where there's going to be like screen and where there's going to be something that is not screen. And it's got a notch, and it's on the on the XL, and not only that, but it shows two front facing cameras like uh, around that notch. Uh, and the other interesting thing is that the other uh, the other bezel that would be on the Pixel Three Nothing also has two front facing cameras to indicate that this is not going to be like what Apple usually does, which is you can either get the huge phone with all the stuff in it, or you can, you know, it's fine. You know, I think that you're very, very brave for showing people that, hey, I don't need the best phone with a hot new camera and the 3D face sensing technology. I'm secure enough, or maybe I just don't have the extra $230. Hey, I'm not here to judge. I'm just very, yeah, it's nice that you can, if if a smaller phone like works for you, that they're going to really try to give you as much in that case as they possibly can. Um, and so that was, so again, stuff, this is around the time of year when you start to take a little bit more seriously, purportedly, this is something that came off a production line. Cause this is around the time when they need to start getting components together. Uh, and it was, but, uh, the sources were saying, well, this is a, someone that we've never heard from before. So take that with a grain of salt. But then there was a Korean news site that was reporting that LG is, is supplying Google with notched OLED screens. So, okay, maybe. I do really appreciate the fact that I've been covering this for so many years and it's just still the same players. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the same players. I'm excited whatever happens, whether there's a notch or not, I'm probably going to get the notchless phone because I just don't care. Yeah. I'm okay with a bezel. I like a chin. <laughs> I'm fine. I use the heck out of my Pixel 2. And you know, that's the other thing. I know we're talking about prices, but I will say that at like the $650 start starting price, not including like taxes and shipping and like, you know, the the uh, the size you might buy the phone in. But at that starting price, it's not like too prohibitive for me. Like I can, I can, I'm comfortable with that personally. I'm comfortable with that price point and dealing with that every year. And I still get the same performance out of the people who uh, bought the higher, you know, the bigger, more expensive phone with the notch. Like, I wasn't really into the Pixel 2 XL. I'm not. It's so big. Yeah. <laughs> it's so big. I don't know. I just I, I miss the small little thing. I'm so happy with the Pixel 2. I know that like, I feel like that annoys everybody because I just talk about <laughs> how great it is. But now my friends are like, man, I really like your phone. The <laughs> photos look really good. 
Yeah, that's I, I that's something that kind of keeps getting me. It's uh, I I'm going to justify it by saying that well, I have the first generation phone, and this is two whole right. generations beyond that. I'm not I'm not being wasteful, even though this phone I have is perfectly fine. It works just great. Uh, but the real reason is I want to see what they do with the new camera. As much as good as good as this camera is, it's like oh boy, you, I get so irrational about the prospect of a really actually much better camera in a phone. So yeah, I don't. I, I I'm not a big fan of talking about rumors. But then you, if it's a rumor about something that I'm actually putting money underneath my mattress for, hey, suddenly we'll talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Pixel Three all day. Well, I want to. I want to ask you something very quickly. Uh, the Pixel 3. Oh, crap. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask you. I totally forgot what I was going to ask you. <laughs> Next! <laughs> it's okay. No, I remembered now. <laughs> I remembered. I hate it when that happens to me. It's because I have all these things going in my mind at the same time. Anyway, so you know all those special little like camera features on the iPhone 10? Like you got like the portrait mode and the studio lighting mode and oh, like the crazy, look at me. I got all these different lighting modes. Would you want that on a Pixel 3? Because I just, I feel like the portrait mode, I kind of barely use it actually. Yeah, I I don't really use, I don't really use it on the, when, even when I was carrying the uh, iPhone 10 for a month. It's it's fun to play with. Uh, if it, I, I, what I, I think that these features are most valuable in that it gets people to engage with the camera more and to experiment a little bit more. I'm not sure that it's so good that I'm consciously thinking, oh, I should use portrait mode for this because this is a great use right. case for that because uh, I'm I've I've never used I've never used it enough to figure out this is a, I'm now in a situation in which that will work really really well versus I'm now in a situation where it will look a little just weird enough that it doesn't make up for the cool lighting effects. Uh, and plus I'm I'm just not sure that I'm not sure that if, if if Apple and Google are in a camera race and Google's uh, Apple's uh, biggest asset is the ability to pack a really good advanced sensor and lens and hardware technology with some good image processing on the device and Google's big advantage is that we it automatically goes to Google Photos and anywhere between 20 minutes to a day later you will simply show see this you will see a server farm's opinion of how good this picture can be and even even the a server farm's opinion it's so true yeah it's i i i think that it's i think that the google that google has a better advantage even just hdr plus I mean, if, if anything gets me to buy a Pixel as opposed to any other Android phone, it's the just HDR Plus all day is so good. It's, there's nothing Indeed. fake about it. It's just better. And I don't care this lying to me about how good the camera hardware actually is. It's just good pictures. So I think I think we should uh, also talk about one more good thing, or at least one more good thing that's happening for Googs. Uh, which is that it just turned a really huge corner in the smart speaker game. It actually it actually outsold Amazon Echo in the first quarter of this year. Uh, that's about a 400, by the way, if anybody wants to know, that's about a 483% year-to-year increase, which is insane, especially when you also consider that the Echo was out way before Google, but then this has kind of been a slow creep, a slow up creep for the Google Assistant. Yeah, they, they, they had a hell of a year, didn't they? Not not just now. This is the only the only bit of 
a skepticism I have about these numbers is that does that include all the ones that the, the thirty dollar ones that came out for like people got for I was free? Thinking that too, but but still. <laughs> Um, the, Does it include the free ones I yeah. have in my house? Because yeah, I ones, have a lot of free ones. The ones I'm using as Christmas <laughs> ornaments and coasters and stuff like that. And okay, that's a that now that's a life hacker article you've got to pitch. How <laughs> <laughs> to decorate your Christmas tree with all the freebies? <laughs> I, well, it's uh, I I can definitely write about like what to do with these things. Like like a, a, a there's a, a the town beach is only about a 15 minute like a walk away from my house and now it's warm enough that even if I don't go for a swim every day I might go for a walk and and you know you you, you want to skip some skip some stones on the water and it occurs to me right. that just just like it that it how many thousands of years did it take for that rock to get from like the deep ocean to this shore and now I've just thrown it back versus right. if I use like a Google Home mini there's going to be more and more of them like arriving on the shore to begin with. Like it's not, it's not thousands of years. It might, it seems less wasteful. Plus with all the ones that I keep seeming to acquire, I could start like If I start doing this, it could like form sort of an artificial reef to support like the local fisheries and like crustaceans. It could be the most uh, env- environmentally custodian thing I could possibly do uh, with a Google Home Mini because Lord knows I'm running out of things to do with them. Right. Uh, Forget the gr- the grunions. <laughs> Just think about the Google Homes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, you know, it, uh, this uh, Gizmodo uh, wrote a, a short but interesting article about this. Uh, Google just turned over each corner in the smart speaker game. Uh, uh, but I, I also got to say, partly partly due to good marketing and partly due to doing something that the essential film was not able to do, which was to spend money to make people aware that these things exist. Uh, even though like Google's been getting some bad press about the assistant, people know that this thing exists, and people sure. don't think of it in terms of rest. Here's where we are in this in the smart assistant market. Uh, 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 Apple's Siri still can't do more than one timer, <laughs> and is still like you know not okay. Good, good for you. It's nice to have smart assistants and a speaker. That's fine. Uh, the Amazon product is very, very nice, but it's functional. It is a service. Whereas Google is really doing a good job of selling the point that this is a very, very smart device. It's, it is thinking on your behalf. It's not just parsing your text and matching that up with a command that it should execute. It's like, like, like we, like we had fun with earlier today. You can just describe an album cover that you don't know the name of the album, you never knew the name of the album, and it will just simply, oh, he means Nirvana's Nevermind. Okay. <laughs> That's like, you <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe I will buy one of these smart speakers as, as opposed to, you know, the uh, I had my tires rotated and I got a free Google Home Mini. Maybe I should buy the good one now because it seems as though you're out there trying to help me out in a very active way. So and both these companies, both Apple and Amazon, I think now have to really up their up their technology or at the very least convince people that this is more than an egg timer now this is more than a weather forecaster oh it is not is way more than an egg timer it is the controller for my entire house yeah i mean really any any kids film that you've ever watched where a kid could talk to the house that's essentially what you can do with the google home i mean you could just talk to the darn thing yeah. and it just does everything you want it to not everything but you know what i mean uh I, I, you know, I'm really happy it's outselling the 
Amazon devices. Uh, I say that as a fan yeah. of the product. I am actually very happy uh, just in the sense because I know it's because quite frankly, I think it's a better product. Yep. There. I said it. I said it. I think it's a better product just because the voice assistant is so useful. It's just so useful. You know, there are, there are still times where it strays and you really have to like put a lot of work into it and kind of like code it, quote unquote. You know, you got to go go do the IFTTT thing and you've got to like, you know, go into the routines and stuff like that. But uh, I find it to be way more user friendly to set up than Alexa as well. Yeah. I just Alexa is hard <laughs> to set up. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's the, the whole thing feels like an app platform. And, that, yeah. that, and, that's, and that's, that's true of any voice assistant, but uh, I feel as though if I put 150 bucks into another speaker for, for Google Home, it's more of a, it's, it's the reason, it's the same reason why I've got a desktop computer, I might now buy a laptop, because it can project this feature, this accessibility into a part of the house that I can't use before. But yeah, just like you said, it's, it's you can ask it to do things, and that's something that almost everybody will do. Uh, you can ask it to do complicated and chains of things. And then when you realize that, oh, and I can also just hook it up to if this, then that and have bizarre things happen or rather things that don't happen out of the box, uh, things that are very, very much like flow centered features or a very Andy specific household feature. Precisely. And I do have to I know that uh, the Echo speakers can do this as well, but it is very fun when I get home. Uh, after a long day out and my husband's cooking and like he has the whole house is just in a home group and he's playing like dance music <laughs> and I walk in. It's like it's like a club in here and it's just I don't know. I just love I love this little network that I was able to create by basically just plugging in this stuff, setting up a couple things in an app. And now I just have like this full on home entertainment system. And I see I see more and more of what we're, what Amazon and Google are going to be competing for in response uh, over us, how they're going to battle over us and our fealty to <laughs> which platform are we going to choose for these things? And I know there's a lot of like faithful Apple users out there as well who are really like buying into the the HomePod ecosystem and like what works with HomeKit. Uh, but I really. Just as a Google user, I really like how this is all just zipped up into a nice little package. Because, yeah. of course, everything you can do on Assistant, you can do on the phone and um, with the Chromecast, like a couple other things. So Yeah, and the, the way it all works together. That I, I Something you said a moment ago really, really hit the point for me that um, it's not as though the, the Apple and the Amazon product are locking you into a specific feature or specific mode. It really feels as though uh, with the Google Home speakers, it's here are some resources uh, in forms of hardware. By all means, deploy them however you want in a way that makes sense to you. Uh, big speakers, little speakers, medium speakers, uh, home automation features, home organizations features, weather features, whatever. Where, whereas Apple is happy to sell you a, a smart speaker that really is, we've decided that you're going to use this to listen to music with. And you're going to pair them in stereo pairs. And it's you. It's a good – and maybe that's unfair because it's been out for just about a year now or it's been only actually in, in people's hands for, for about six months now, uh, five or six months now. But that's that said, it's not – you, you 
can only buy a HomePod for the purpose of listening to music and maybe getting some bonus helping assistance sort of stuff in the mix. Whereas if I really just want to buy a couple of uh, Google Home speakers because I want really good audio in a certain room, I can do that. If it's because I need to get, <laughs> I need access to information such as should I call I'm, I'm shaving in the bathroom and do I have time to actually ride my bike to commuter rail or am I now so late that I should really need to call a lift that's it's like I, yes. can, I can deploy these I can create solutions that I actually want as opposed to trying to figure out if I happen to have uh, a a home pod shaped hole in my life that this device can spackle and fill this is also a huge victory for Google because of the fact that we're seeing that the ecosystem has grown for the assistant. And I've really, you know, Alexa's got, will, will always outnumber Google because first of all, it had the head start. Second of all, uh, it has over 30,000 skills that you can enable all sorts of like weird little ecosystems that you're whatever platforms that you didn't even know existed are out there. I'm still, I'm discovering, sometimes I discover new things every week that I didn't even, I'm like, where the heck did this come from? Because this smart home thing has kind of been, or not even just smart home, but the idea of the Echo being like this, this middle hub that's been around for a while, this middle hub. Oh my gosh. What was I trying to say (laughs) about that? Uh, I just, I meant as a hub is what I meant to say. And uh, the Google Home can act as the same sort of hub. But I have to say, once you bring in like Nest products into the game, it's it's ridiculous. Like I get why I'm not happy about the fact that Nest products are so expensive. I'm going to say this now. They are very expensive. And there are much – there are uh, – there. I don't want to say <laughs> – there are better deals out there, I should say. Because the thing about the Nest is that they work so impeccably with all the Google stuff. Like every time there's somebody at my door, it tell you know it rings throughout the house like somebody's at the door. And you know like if um if my cat sitter's at the door, like the Nest Hello will recognize her face with the machine learning and then announce that throughout the whole house. And yes, it is a little like whoa that just happened. <laughs> but then it's like oh. It's it's our cat sitter. Okay, of course I want to open the door to you. Like I, you know, because I don't have time to fire up that. <laughs> That's just to say, like all of this stuff is supposed to work really impeccably together, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but darn, if it's so expensive to do. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> there are you can buy Wi-Fi cameras that cost thirty or forty dollars, and they're also HD, and they're they're fine. And don't charge you. They don't charge a hundred dollars a year to- for. For, camera backup right i get all that all that is true but uh it's it's better for, I, i've come to learn that it's better to spend more money on fewer things if those things become resources as opposed to either i'm going to it, it's it's going to fulfill a role what, what i find about like the 30 or 40 dollar cameras is that they they fulfill a role and then like again when i move to to this new place a lot of them I don't use them anymore. Now it's like I've got like three or four of these cameras that are now like $140 of just dead stock because the role that it could fulfill in the old house doesn't exist in the new place and I can't really adapt it to whereas with the Nest camera, now this is uh, we have a little bit of time before we should go, but I have I have to this is a perfect example. Uh so uh we're recording a couple of days after Memorial Day. 
And so like I, I woke up at around 8 a.m. And I'm still lazing around in bed and I hear like a brass band outside. Uh, and I'm then I remember that, oh, right, there's the Memorial Day. There's like a little park across the street. And so the big town like Memorial Day thing and this and so and so I, I did have the thought that it would be churlish of me given that all I have to do is literally put on pants and shoes and a shirt and walk step outside to observe and participate in the memorial day like you know salute and an event if i if i had to drive for like 15 minutes find a place to park bring chairs don't have to do that again it seemed churlish not to do that uh and then the the ceremonies were about 20 30 minutes very very pretty very very uh very very solemn and then the parade was going to start in about 10 or 15 minutes and i thought well i'll go back in the house and again i'll go back across the street until like the parade starts and then i realized i'm really not into like standing with all these crowds of people but there's like a little balcony (laughs) outside and so i got my nest cam that normally like uh, keeps an eye on the front door put it on the balcony taped it down there (laughs) and then i went into the living room and basically i was watching a live stream on my sofa while i was eating cereal of something that was happening like 50 feet outside my door because i didn't want to have to like stand outside with these big groups of people and have like sirens blaring in my ear this is not this is not the reason why I bought the Nest Cam, but the fact that I could no, I could quickly pay. adapt it. Well, exactly the fact that <laughs> movement detected outside, movement detected outside, movement detected. No crap, Nest Cam. There's a damn parade going on. But yeah. That- so wait, did you use Google Assistant to cast it though to your TV? Yes. Okay, so you use the whole voice command. Exactly. You can do that, by the way. Yeah, that's I, I, I and again, if I, I I need to like have some like uh, start like inviting girlfriends to like live with me for a few weeks just so I can show off how cool this crap inside my house is. And then once they've realized how cool it is, then they can say, OK, I will I will acknowledge that I have too many faults to make cohabitation a practical gesture for or a, a sufferable gesture for anybody. You may. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, th- th- that's, no, that's, that's I what I'm try to invite about. my friends over to impress them, but they are not very impressed even <laughs> when I when I program a special command for them through IFTTT yeah. to like make the Google Home say something to them special, <laughs> you know. But apparently, they're not impressed by that. Uh, also, I just want to I just want to make you feel better before we end this podcast with a little anecdote of my own by saying that you know sometimes um, my neighbor who is. It, for some reason, likes to pick fights with our other neighbors. And we're a very tightly knit community here, you know? And I've got a camera out front facing that direction. <laughs> so sometimes when I want to know what's going on, but I don't want to go out and, like, get in the middle of it, yeah, I turn on the doorbell and yeah. I listen, okay? Because I got to know what's going on. So it is what it is. You know, <laughs> again, we this do is, the best this is, these living. are. So some of us, are, or I'll speak only for myself, my social software, if I've admitted this in the past, is not very good. Sometimes these are like assistive devices, just like some people, they need a walker. Some people, they need like hearing aids. I need these things so that I can recontextualize human interactions in a way that seems controllable and safe. So as you say, sometimes you just want to say, is this something that I feel as though my social software yeah. at this moment is capable of handling? Or is it something where I would like to pretend that this is 
something I'm watching on television. And then you can actually watch it on television instead yes. of actually saying, yeah. <laughs> and just and just to just just to add to that one more thing. Because I also am giving tips to everyone on what you can do with this stuff. Uh, I have set up a couple of favorite uh, delivery persons that I will open the door to in my pajamas, whereas other people I'm just not – I'm not interested in seeing you drop off my package. <laughs> but if you're but if you're one of my two dudes who come visit me pretty much every other day with, like, an important package, I will open the door for you in my pajamas because we have that relationship. And guess what? The Google Home will tell me you're at the door <laughs> because I programmed your face into the machine learning engine. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting away with Come nothing. Come visit me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Add your day, personal data to the hive mind that will one day absorb us all. Do I have to put a disclaimer now on like all my, you know, uh, house in like when I have people over for dinner or something? Like disclaimer, a video will be taken of your face, you know, like when you go to conventions. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, only, oh no. Only, oh well, no, that's going to become a thing. Only if it's only if it's people from the European Union, I think. So if you oh no, that's like half my that's my family. Oh, that's right. Oh dear, <laughs> I yeah. have like nobody here. Everybody's from overseas. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to print out like a hundred. Just steal like the iTunes user EULA guide, print it out, and just like <laughs> excuse me, you just read and pe- sign this book. <laughs> tell people you don't have to read all of it. If you really, if you if you just want to like flip to the bottom page <laughs> and initial, that's that if counts. You, <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna do anything with your face except. Send it over to Nest and put it up there in their little algorithm, whatever is going on. I don't even know if the stuff's locally stored. I'm going to look into that for you <laughs> for next time. <laughs> well, we can look forward to that. So, uh, so, uh, what, so this, uh, your new podcast will start in July with Megan? Yes. Yes. Super. After Independence Day. After. Again, very good because we will have much less independence as these home devices have – these home surveillance devices again it's a nice nice piece of irony but by all means use that for the theme song um, on the first episode uh, and, and and elsewhere where's your where's your blog with make sure people we always make sure we plug as again uh, freelance journalists in a rapidly collapsing market it's good for self-promotion Yes, uh, which is FlorenceION.com. I haven't updated yet because I've been so busy planning for all of these exciting things that are going on um, and, you know, trying to trying to ramp up what is going to be my focus this summer. Be, you know what I mean? You know yeah. how it goes. I Just know. trying to figure out, like, what are what projects are we going to head into next? So I'm trying to get into, like, the project incubation mode. <laughs> Yes, there's 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 times where you really are in Ozymandias mode, where you really yeah. are look upon my works <laughs> and, and and despair, uh, not knowing how, not reading to the end of the poem to figure out how what happens to the end of the statue at the end. But I still- will tease, I will tease and say that uh, smart sprinklers are definitely a thing that I've already started testing. In the tub or outside? Outside. Because that would be adorable outside. if you like made this test rig like inside in the tub. And- no. Okay. But I, but adorably, and I'm just gonna say because I want to give props to my husband for building me an electronic sprinkler setup so I could test these things because <laughs> we didn't have it, and I freaked out, and he's you know like oh, I already have like this article, these works sold, and he's like I got you, I got you, so he built a little a little system for me, so now I have a little sprinkler system, and it connects to the whole backyard, and it's just, it's very interesting. Oh, God. So, so you need to get another Nest Cam, point out at the street, look for any, 
like vans with a suspicious number of antennas <laughs> sent a, there's for some reason this house in a, in a, in a house like with a young couple without any children, they seem to be having a, they have a lot of irrigation for a simple yard. <laughs> and also there are all kinds of electronic devices, electricity being consumed. Let's let's send the 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 tomato the the florist truck <laughs> with you know with the shotgun antennas and the and the forward looking infrared yes. cameras. Yeah, that's just- we actually have a beautiful burgeoning garden. I just I just want to uh, put out there. Although our strawberries died because I couldn't figure out how to use the smart sprinkler system and they went too long without water. All right. <sighs> So that's my life. <laughs> Thank you. Follow me on the internet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Strawberry killer. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, hey. Bad. Florence, I, how many berries did you kill? That doesn't rhyme at all. But still, uh, I have killed no uh, strawberries. Uh, well, I'm I, I probably responsible for many of their deaths because I, uh, I, gar- I, I garnish I desserts unnecessarily with berries that I could do without. So I'm, I'm, my hands are not clean, particularly after you're eating berries. Uh, but yes, you can go to anatco.com. <laughs> We're mavericks, untamed, unbroken. We don't care about your little societal conventions about how... Just stained ooh, with red and purples all over our face, the blood of the berries we've killed. Didn't right. even wash the shirt afterward when we got to the 7-Eleven to this get an all-little Palmer 99-cent iced tea. <laughs> I dare you to call the cops. You want to be on the news, man? Three little numbers, nine, one, and one. Uh, okay, well, you, you see, you, Flo was very kind to say, let's end this on an upbeat, and I've taken it into, uh, again, primetime basic cable drama show. No, it's perfect, actually, I think. I think... Uh, <laughs> oh, man, this poor Barry is going to know when it, it's coming to him. Uh, but yes, uh, spell my last name. Uh, anatko.com is the blog. Anatko on Twitter. Anatko on Instagram. Uh, and that's where you see all the stuff that I'm working on. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. I hope you listen again next week. Until then, have a great seven days. And eat your berries.